Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Where to Go. If you haven't listened before, I'm James Atkinson, online brand manager at DKI Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, senior editor. And this is our third episode, and it's quite a big one yeah, today. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> today, today we'll be looking at New York City. Dynamic and diverse, New York City is simply bursting at the seams with unmissable sights, mouth-watering cuisines, and truly unique experiences. From the soaring skyscrapers of Manhattan to the trendy bars of Brooklyn, the vibrant jazz clubs of Harlem to the cobblestone streets of Soho, the city offers everything in abundance. However, recent months have seen New York City hugely impacted by coronavirus, at one time becoming the epicentre for the pandemic. And as the city is starting to recover from it, and we see positive signs locally, the overall COVID picture in the USA is a pretty bleak one, at least in the short term. So to discuss all things New York City with us, we thought we'd talk with some experts. Lauren Paley and Quaker Wilson. Lucy, you're actually working with both Lauren and Kwaku on a particularly exciting project, right? Yes, yes, we are. We're working on a series here in-house um, and uh, it's written by locals and it's dedicated to showing readers alternative um, and more local ways of experiencing a city. So forget all of those tourist traps that we all know and, and love, um, but we're showing you real ways to see and experience the city, um, find hidden gems and support local businesses, and all of which will be all the more important in a post-COVID uh, world. Sounds really interesting. Um, and that series is called Like a Local, which we'll get to discussing a bit later. That's right. Yes. So without further ado, welcome Kwaku and Lauren. Hi, guys. Hey. Hello. Good afternoon. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Oh, good morning. Yeah, <laughs> We've got a bit of transatlanticism going on here. Yeah. Very, very nice to have you guys join us to talk about all things New York City. Happy to be here. Uh, so we're going to start by looking at New York City before coronavirus. And Kwaku, when did you first move to New York City? Uh, how long ago was it? Yeah, so I'm, uh, it was almost exactly five years ago. Um, yeah, I moved in 2015. When I first came to the city, I was living in Harlem, mm-hmm. um, uptown. Mm-hmm. Um, and these days I'm in Brooklyn, so I've worked my way 
um, out of Manhattan into the outer boroughs. I'm liking it. Uh, what made you move to Brooklyn? What's there? Um, so originally I wanted to live in Brooklyn when I moved to New York. Um, I had a few friends in Brooklyn. Um, but I know kind of that scramble for finding an apartment in New York. I don't know, it feels like it's kind of unique to the city in the States. Yeah. And uh, I needed to find a place in two weeks and Harlem was the spot to do it. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like I had a pretty good deal there too. I love the neighborhood, but getting home from like late nights out at sunrise was uh, starting to become less and less ideal. So I think for social reasons, really, I moved to Brooklyn. Yeah. And has that improved things, Kweku? Is living in Brooklyn better for those early starts or late finishes rather? Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting uh, I'm getting a lot more sleep. So good. Um, that's good. You know, I might have even grown an inch. Just lifestyle better as a well. whole. Good. Yeah. Um, and how about you, Lauren? I know you're currently not in New York. You're uh, upstate and have left for the past couple of months, but where would you usually be? So I usually live in the East Village downtown in Manhattan. Um, and it's wonderful. I love it. Um, yeah, but I never really moved to New York. I don't know what the term is, but <laughs> I, gr- <laughs> I grew up um, pretty close to New York, like 20 miles north. So New York was always kind of the place where it's, oh, of course, you're going to go back to New York. It's just kind of home. So that's yeah. where I ended up. Are now your family from New York? They're not, are they? Where are they from? Yeah, my my mom's from Brooklyn. Okay, um, like deep, deep Brooklyn. Um, they, I don't even think they had subway lines that used to go to where she lived. <laughs> um, like super deep. Um, but my dad is from Ohio, but he moved here when he was in his twenties, so he's been here for like forty-five years, a lifetime. Okay. And was it was it never in doubt that you were going to stay in New York, Lauren, or did you kind of debate about moving elsewhere? Because you studied in France, right? Right. Well, okay. I'm going to say something kind of blasphemous right now. So I haven't always loved New York. Whoa. And after I... Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) 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 I I think it was because growing up really close to the city, it was just in your backyard and it was just so close to home that you kind of... Yeah. You don't even really think Mm. about it. And so I was obsessed with Europe, obviously. So when I graduated college, I moved to France and I was like, oh, I'm living the dream. It's amazing. Um, And when I moved back to New York, I kind of did so by default. And it wasn't until I had been here and kind of like found my own pockets in the city that I was kind of I kind of realized, oh, this city is really cool. And it's way more amazing than I ever gave it credit for when I was a stupid 16 year old. Uh, and Kweku, you moved from Canada, right, originally? Or did you come to the States for uni? Yeah, so I have a very like convoluted migration history. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, So directly before moving to New York, I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina for a couple of years. Okay. Um, so that's in the southern United States. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice area, a lot of good nature, whitewater rafting, barbecue. And yep. um, within two years, I'd done it all as many times as I wanted to do it. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm originally from Canada, and I really didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I wanted to get out of the South. I'd been there for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And I tried to move back to Toronto. Yeah. Um, I tried to ask for forgiveness and not permission. I just went and didn't tell my job. Um, And it became like a whole payroll tax issue. And that's how I was saying I I, I had two weeks to find an apartment in New York. Oh. Um, So... Um, yeah. So when I was in Toronto, I, uh, I was told, no, you need an American address. So I was just like, all right, let me go to New York. Then, um, I had a few friends that were already living there. I was trying to decide between New York and Seattle. Okay. Um, and I love Seattle, but I think I made the right choice. Yeah. Um, I think I've gotten the most out of New York in my twenties. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, They're very different cities, yeah. aren't they? New York and Seattle. 
Definitely. Yeah. New York's definitely a lot busier. Um, it's a lot grittier, dirtier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like it. It's really cosmopolitan. Um, and I feel like I, I feel like I have everything I want here. So not really wanting for anything. Are you planning on going back to Toronto? Or are you kind of just like happy being in, in New York? Um, I think at this stage, I'm just happy being in New York. Yeah. Um, and New York's expensive. Toronto's expensive. Toronto's even colder. Sure. So. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that tiny bit warmer. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think it's different now too. Um, then I didn't really know what I was doing. Now I'm kind of settled in here. My life's here, and uh, I like it a lot here. Because I guess with cities like New York, there's um, as Lauren was saying, you kind of find little pockets that become your own. And it, you know, the, I think it's true of quite a lot of major cities where, mm. you know, you create your own kind of mental map of the city and you realize what are the best pockets to go to. Yeah. You probably realize that you, you're done going to Times Square forever again. And, and yeah. so jokingly, because I know Lauren works in Times Square. I do. So. I do indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing against Times Square. But, um, I'm here for all the Times Square slander. <laughs> Pile it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was staying there last time. <laughs> I was too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Tourist. Uh, it's the first thing we see. Uh, but I think, I think, but I think you kind of like move beyond that. You find little pockets of the city that are really, really kind of become yours, where your friends might live, or where um, you know, cool bars or cafes or gigs or places to go out might be and yeah it's really cool and and for you guys where would you say that is is it where you you live is it kind of the the village or um or brooklyn or would it be kind of dotted all over really yeah i mean for me definitely i've spent so much of my time in the east village and the lower east side and when i think of new york and i think of my favorite places that's where it is and whenever people come to New York. I'm super biased. I'm like, you need to come to my neighborhood because it's the best neighborhood. Because <laughs> that's, you know, because that's kind of my version of New York, the New York that I've created. It's like with all of my favorite coffee shops and all of my favorite little bars. I took Lucy yeah. to an amazingly cute little bar um, that was, it was very <laughs> romantic the night we went. It was very, very romantic. Yes. It was wonderful. We had a nice little cozy evening <laughs> with cider and live music. <laughs> ciders that's right it was lovely it was a great date night yeah exactly how about you Kweku is Brooklyn do you consider Brooklyn to be like you know the pièce de résistance of New York City life yeah yeah I would say the exact same thing as Lauren I'm, I'm very biased um and when I was living in Harlem it would have been Harlem for me sure um mm-hmm. and even still I have you know these little places in Harlem that I romantic I romanticize and take people to whenever I go up there yeah um but yeah for me um few years ago i was in bushwick all the time yep um i i think bushwick has the best nightlife in new york um where i live now in crown heights i'm really close to prospect park close to downtown brooklyn close to dumbo um and have all my little neighborhood spots as well have my local bar um nice well a couple bookshops around here so oh you've got everything you need yeah everything (laughs) you know even during the pandemic for like two months i didn't leave my block (laughs) yeah So, yeah, I think I'm very biased, too, um, and I I definitely veer towards Brooklyn. That's cool. So then, pretending that James and I didn't know anything about New York City, um, can you briefly introduce... Yeah, disclaimer, both both of us have been. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Can you briefly kind of introduce it? Can you tell people what to expect from New York City? New York is so many things. It is, as Kweku said, it's dirty. It's always a little bit dirty, a little bit smelly. Um, but it's also <laughs> extremely vivacious and it's, it's a really thrilling feeling, I think, to be in New York, but also it, I think New York, 
it's really hard to describe, obviously, big question, because to me, New York has so many different personalities. You go to Midtown and you get the beautiful, glitzy, modern skyscrapers, and then you go downtown to the Lower East Side and you get these beautiful old tenement museum, tenement buildings, and just these old, old um, shops, you know, like Russ and Daughters, the oldest bagel shop that used to be a push cart in the 1800s. Um, And then you go into Brooklyn and you get a little bit more greenery. You feel like you're being a little bit less suffocated. (laughs) And yeah, so that's not a cohesive (laughs) answer at all, but that's kind of what it is to me, multifaceted. I'm going to let Kwiku (laughs) give this one a try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's a really good answer because I think that just the whole mosaic of New York is, I mean, it's so cosmopolitan. It's so diverse. Yeah. Uh, so many people from so many different backgrounds, um, socioeconomically. I mean, yeah. um, you see everything here. You see exorbitant wealth and then, you know, you see there are a lot of uh, people that need help in the city too. Yeah. Um, so you experience a lot living here. Um, and I'd say just introducing New York to people, a lot of people come to New York with preconceived notions. Mm. Um, New Yorkers have this stereotype of being brash and being rude. And I think it's exactly the opposite. Mm. Um, I actually appreciate um, people's attitude here a lot. I think people are very direct. Yeah. Um, like I said before, I lived down south for a while where, you know, everything, uh, it's all about politeness. You know, um, you know, you soften everything you're saying up. But here, I mean, I feel like things are transactional. Um, people are very quick to help. If you're lost, yeah. need directions, you'll have like 10 people jumping all over you to tell you the best route somewhere. <laughs> um, I think New Yorkers are just the best. So um, I think people will come with a lot of preconceived notions and those will be broken down if they're here for a while. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, it's I think from when I visited personally, like um, you kind of get an, this like kind of idea in your head of like New York from movies and from like kind of documentaries and, and you kind of go there and you actually realize that it's very different it's got its own kind of cult- culture about it people are super super friendly in places and, pe- and and really really helpful and there's this very this kind of notion of pride i think that runs through new york as well which is just totally don't see f- or hear about in any of the stories really and it's sort of see yeah you both kind of hit on it when you i think Quiki, you described it as a mo- mosaic which was such a lovely description and i think it is kind of a city of cities it does seem to you know lauren you were kind of describing moving south you know, downtown and then going across to brooklyn it just seems to have so many different sort of bases to it yeah and i think also there's a certain as james you were saying there's this intense pride about being a new yorker because it's really not an easy place to live. Like rents are high. As I said, it can be a little bit smelly. Mm. It can be a little bit overwhelming, but we all kind of get through that. And we all kind of have built up this threshold of, okay, we're going to kind of deal with all of these things that are maybe not as nice about living in New York because it's worth it because we love it so much because it has some of the best food in the world. It has the best theaters and there's all of these things that, that just every single day make it worth it to put up with some of the other stuff yes (laughs) yeah yeah i think i think that's such a great point um even before you know i was um saying how i feel like i've kind of settled in here it's it's like after you get through that first year which might be a bit difficult you just ask yourself what am i a quitter why would i leave this now like i've I've made it through the tough part now (laughs) let me enjoy it yeah There's, there's this crazy like badge of honor that you wear when you've been a new yorker and you consider yourself a new yorker for a few years it's like, okay, I have been um, cursed off by a cabbie. Check. I have, like, <laughs> I have eaten. Do you actually call them cabbies? That's... Um, actually, now that I say that, 
No. That sounds too British. That's way too British. That's From all your time in Europe. I've just <laughs> been talking to me too much, Laura. I talk to uh... these guys way too much. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to think of like the checklist of every crazy thing that happens to a New Yorker in your lifetime. It's definitely almost getting hit by a cab, if not getting actually hit by a cab. Um, trying every single kind of food that you could possibly imagine. Like in one block, there'll be like Indian food, Georgian food, Italian food, Japanese food, literally anything you could possibly imagine. Um, I'm trying to think of other crazy things on a checklist. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think, I think everyone has tried to be helpful to somebody, help them out and then been cussed out at the end of helping them out. 100%. (laughs) Bizarre feeling. Yeah. When, when you were mentioning about the smells, all I can think about, like all of my like, I don't know, like smell memory of New York is the bloody subway. Like I can't mm. like <laughs> kind of get, get past that. It's and and actually, it's like the more and more times I've gone back to New York, the more I've been able to deal with it, and the more I've even weirdly like perversely looked forward to it. It's, <laughs> it's just such a weird New Yorky thing. It's that smell of like sulfur and <laughs> that is so strange, James. <laughs> so if you can make it, make it. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So if you can Magnet make it dust. To, to me, if you can make it a year living through that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And um like you guys, I mean, I know you guys have all been talking about this new book, like a local New York, which mm. uh which uh you've all been working on with Lucy. Um and Kweku, Lucy kind of originally found you because you put some recommendations on yeah. an app about the city and what you should be kind of going to see and kind of an alternative map of the city, I guess, in a way. Um, what kind of made you start writing recommendations? Was it just like kind of documenting your own kind of personal favorite places? Yeah, I, I feel like uh, like my migration history, I don't know, I just do things weird. Like It's another complicated answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so my, my day, I'm a software engineer. Um, mm-hmm. And that was probably about five years ago. Yeah. Um, I was learning about mapping things, um, doing like geospatial um, analysis and coding in Python. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I started thinking about use cases because I'm also always trying to think about how to make my own money and not work for somebody. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so I started thinking about how to actually map things out. And somehow in that rabbit hole of Googling, I found this app called Cool Cousin. Mm-hmm. And they were doing like one of the type of things I was looking at as a use case. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Um, I read a couple articles and I actually just downloaded it as a user. I was thinking, yeah. oh, I'm going to go to Paris next year. This would be great to have in my pocket. Um, and then they just had like a little form on there that said, hey, if you want to help out, um, you know, submit some info on yourself. They actually didn't have New York as a city yet. Okay. Um, and as soon as I submitted it, they were saying, oh, wow, we're actually like planning on launching New York next month. Um, so I started working with them and yeah. it was really cool. It got me around the city, visiting new places. Um, yeah. I think that... Um, that combined with the fact that I also love people visiting and kind of creating an itinerary and showing them my experience in yeah, the city. Yeah. Um, put me into that space. Well, I've yeah. definitely struck gold when I found you, Quico. It was absolutely charmed. <laughs> like your recommends, all of your listings were just really awesome. I loved your writing style. So um, I felt, I was oh, just like, yes, found a great, found a great new writer. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you visit any of Quico's recommends in New No, York? unfortunately. So I was, I was in New York literally just before the lockdown, um, a few days, wasn't I, Lauren? We were drinking ciders together a few days before New York City went into lockdown. And then it was uh, sort of, 
more April, May time that I started to commission. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to. But that'll change when I come back to New York and vice versa. I've already said to these guys, yeah. when, they, when they come to London, we're doing a East End pub crawl. And, and James needs to come too. <laughs> Looking forward to it. You can, you're also welcome to do a, a South London pub crawl as well. Guys, like, e- East, oh, is, yeah. East is better. East is better. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing you guys like Village versus Brooklyn. Yeah, exactly. Right now. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, kind, of, it's yeah. kind of like what you said, Kweku, about like kind of going back to Harlem and like showing people around with pride because I used to live in East London and I still love going over there and <laughs> taking people around and then have like a small tear in my eyes I'm heading back to London, so. <laughs> <laughs> James you're welcome back anytime we'll have you back <laughs> and uh like if there's like kind of one thing if, like say someone comes to New York or the city for the first time what what would it be what like if you could name only one thing have you got a kind of particular favorite you can't you can't ask us that that's ridiculous. Okay, I can't give you one thing, but I could give you a series of things for one night. Oh, great. Okay. Give us an itinerary. Go, go. Yeah. So, okay, whenever friends from out of town visit, you have to take them to Comedy Cellar in the West Village. It is just, it's a must. Amazing. Celebrities drop in. It is always hilarious. And it's just a really cozy, funky vibe. And comedy is so important to the fabric of New York City, that I just think it's like a must visit. And then you, and obviously you can't just go to Comedy Cellar. There's never only one thing. So I would say <laughs> if you can, <laughs> I would um, include kind of walking up and down McDougal Street and checking out some of the amazing food on that block and then veering off into Washington Square Park, which is right next to that whole street. And it's just it is the place to go people watching. It is insane. There's people like doing weird shows. There's people um, taking beautiful pictures in front of that um, little Arc de Triomphe type thing. Um, it is just like the place to mm-hmm. hang yeah. out on a summer night and just like feel the the intensity and the, the vibes, I guess, of New York. Vicky, how about you? What's Lauren missed or what would you, you know, add to that? Or would you do a night in a different part? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, I'd like to even stay in that same area because I think hitting McDougal Street, she hit a really, um, just really dope part of New York, but there's a lot of things to do. Um, so she was talking about the Comedy Cellar, going to Washington Square Park. Um, and even across from the Comedy Cellar, there's uh, Blue Note, uh, which has a lot of the best like yeah. jazz yeah. and um, any any types of music, really, just live performances. It's a real cozy venue. Um, it's really, um, it's like a classic venue, too. Yeah. Um, so it's a place where you, where you know you can see some great music. Um, even right outside the subway on West Fourth, there's a, a basketball court. It's just the West Fourth cage, the West Fourth basketball court. Yeah. Um, where you see like a lot of really good players come out. Sometimes you'll see like former and one players, or you know, people who have like a big presence on social media being basketball players there. So um, going out in the village is one of those areas where you never know who you're going to run to. Um, I think even at the Comedy Cellar, I remember after Roots Picnic a few years ago. That's cool. Um, this is how this is how I get so much FOMO. One of my friends asked me if I wanted to go to Comedy Cellar, and I was like, "Nah, man, I've done too much. I'm just gonna go head back home, do my thing." <laughs> so I started watching their Snapchat story later in the day, and that was the day when uh, Jerry Seinfeld came out, just doing a surprise show. None of these were scheduled. No. Um, oh, after wow. Seinfeld, Chris Rock joined him on stage, no. and they started you know, going back and forth with each other. Aziz Ansari came out and practiced oh, no. his set. And then Dave Chappelle came oh, and closed man. this thing out. Oh, so I've had trouble saying no to things ever so since. much. Yeah, thing. it's probably giving yeah. you like a complex about it. I can never ever yeah. say no again. You can never say no to comedy, Stella. You can't. If you, whenever, it, 
every New Yorker has that experience of saying no to Comedy Cellar and then getting the Snapchat <laughs> of some famous person or famous trio and you're like, what have I done? I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> you're saying like New York's like kind of the home of comedy as well and like that's yeah. kind of, I mean, you've got four comedians there who are like right at the, at the top of like some of the first comedians you think of when you think of New York. Oh man, that would give me serious ferment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always say yes james yes always say yeah yes. i'll try i went through that so you don't have to go through that <laughs> yeah yeah okay you've heard it here first <laughs> so now we're discussing the present and how new york city is recovering from the impact of coronavirus For context, we're recording this in late July, and New York City is starting to see some of the lowest coronavirus numbers in the country. However, March and April were a completely different picture as the city entered into a strict lockdown. Um, So obviously we know New York City was badly affected by the coronavirus, uh, with the city, you know, essentially completely locked down for quite a few months. Mm. Um, Kweku, what do you kind of remember of of that time? Um, So I remember early on... um, it feeling like a distant thing, like it was going on in China. But yeah. I mean, I think people were kind of thinking of it like SARS was a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it's kind of handled. But this has, of course, been a lot more infectious. Um, and we've done a very bad job over here containing it, at least at the very beginning, right? Mm. Um, so I do remember that early stage when um, California sheltered in place. Uh, I think Imperial College of London had their report come out. Mm-hmm. Um, about the projections of if nothing was done, how many millions of uh, people would be affected. Um, and from then, yeah, the city just completely shut down. Um, it was like overnight. Um, people weren't walking outside anymore. Mm. Um, this was even before people were wearing masks. So, I mean, everyone was just frightened, scared, didn't know what to do. Yeah. So everyone was really just holding up inside. Um, like you would look outside and there would just be no movement. It was like the city was dead. Or at least where I live, it was like that. I'm sure different places had different experiences, but yeah. Yeah. And then Lauren, you you left the city, didn't you? Um, we were having ciders one day, and then a few days later, you were you headed upstate. So, kind of, you know, what prompted you to leave? Well, I actually didn't leave because of the coronavirus. I was getting, um, I got LASIK eye surgery that Friday, but everything oh. shut down. Okay, and right, I know as as one does in a pandemic, I got elective eye surgery. Um, in <laughs> retrospect, unclear what I was thinking. But so I was going to go home to see my parents to kind of recover for that weekend anyway. And then I said, you know, this, this coronavirus feels like it might be a big thing. I'm not really sure. I'm getting a little bit scared. So I'll pack like a couple of extra pairs of shirt, like pants, and then I'll go home for maybe a week or two. (laughs) And then cut to four months later, here I still am (laughs) outside of the city. So I think I would have come up to see my parents because it's a little bit more spacious here. Obviously, my apartment in the East Village is minuscule, as East Village apartments are. Um, So I think I would have come up here eventually. But me having that surgery and and going home kind of sparked it in a really quick way. And my roommate, actually, I think because I was leaving, she ended up going home that weekend, too. and And we've both been out of the city for quite a bit at this point. Are you, are you heading back at any point sooner? Or are you just kind of, you know, batting down the hatches where you are now? Yeah, I think I think I'm going to go back to the city next month um, because there's all of these amazing things that I'm missing now. I'm starting to get that FOMO of they now have yeah. outdoor dining and things are mm. starting to open up a little bit more. But um, my 
my apartment is still tiny. That hasn't changed. So I'm, <laughs> it's I, not magically grown. I know. Wouldn't that be amazing if I just returned back from a four month hiatus and I go, oh, wow, my apartment is a gorgeous palace now with a beautiful <laughs> home office setup. Um, so I think once I figure out, you know, how to kind of build my space um, to be workable at home, that'll be when I can return. And Kriku, how's kind of life at the minute? So what has been affected? Have, have things started, have things closed down or are things kind of opening up again? And I guess what is open as well? Yeah. So I think in the past month, things have slowly started opening again. Um, mm. I've been slow to participate. I've always been a little bit of a germaphobe, you know? mm. uh, but um, a little bit of a hypochondriac. Uh, but no, I've even, I've gone out and um, eaten at restaurants on the street now. Um, they have bars, have street seating as well. Um I know there have been a few instances of people taking it a little too far. There was a big story in Astoria a couple of weeks ago about this like sort of street party that was going on okay. and a bar had to be shut down. Um, but I think for the most part, people are kind of inching back to getting as much of the summer as they can get, seeing their friends and seeing their family that they didn't see for months at a time. I think people are feeling a lot safer outside. Yeah. So there are a lot more things to do outside and a lot more people are meeting in smaller groups now. Yeah. How how did how did New Yorkers react to the lockdown? Like, was it kind of a feeling of fear or sort of, you know, hope around everyone uniting together and keeping each other safe? Like, what was the kind of general vibe amongst New Yorkers? So I feel like that's that's kind of tough to suss out because I, I wasn't seeing anybody. Right. So I sure. only had me and yeah. the direct folks I was talking to and kind of what I could see in my own neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but I think people were being very cautious just because we were hit very hard. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were affected in their own family. Even I went to a funeral in April and an aunt of mine passed away from the virus. So it uh, affected me directly. Yeah. Um, her son even told me all of his friends had someone in their family as well. Goodness. So I think because like everyone had some sort of, not everyone, but a lot of people had this sort of firsthand connection. Yeah. Um, a lot of people did take it seriously because they saw it affecting people right in front yeah, of them. Yeah, it was, it was close to home. So therefore they kind of, they respected it and stayed at home, I suppose. Yeah. Exactly. I, I definitely yeah. agree with that. I went, I think at the beginning of the virus, when we were all doing a lot more of social interacting via Zoom, because really people weren't going outside, as Kweku was saying, um, I was on a video chat with, it was kind of like this mini party, this trivia night with a bunch of people, a bunch of my friends and a bunch of people I didn't know. And I would say 60% of the people on that video were either currently infected with coronavirus or had been extremely yes. ill because of the virus. Um, and I think just seeing that, those staggering statistics um, in place, and they hadn't yeah. even been, a lot of them hadn't been tested because there was all of these problems with testing in the beginning. So they weren't even part of the official number count. So I think that when you see how badly the, the city yeah. was just impacted, and as Kwaku was saying, so many people, friends of friends and families are part of this kind of horrible story that that the city was going through, it was impossible to yeah. kind of not react very strongly, you know? And I think that that's why everyone is and was taking it really, really seriously. And would you say that kind of, that sort of concern has like permeated into the city now when you've got like kind of, uh, obviously you <laughs> know Lauren, but <laughs> like with, with mm -hmm. like uh, restaurants being open, pe are people being quite respectful, like, um, you know, being quite careful with things as well? Uh, it's a spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess this is like anywhere right yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... so yeah I, I um definitely as far as regulations go i think people are trying to be careful about you know each phase um, of the lockdown how far are we 
mm. um, loosen these regulations. Yeah. Um, I think most people are wearing their masks. Um, I think there's a bit of a stigma to walking around without a mask on. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm kind of I ain't no but... everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just saying, I ain't no snitch, but I definitely have seen uh, <laughs> some bars that aren't respecting social distancing. Call them out. Around. Call them out. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's gonna be it's kind of new rules for everyone, right? Yeah. I mean, we've seen same thing in London when I've been kind of going around and about, like some people not wearing masks, some people like kind of thinking that the regulations either aren't relevant for them or coming in later. It's, it's such a woolly time really um yeah but um and you know when travelers start to come back fingers crossed um obviously you might not want them right the second i don't know um yeah and and, e- and even right now they, they um for other states in the country i think there are 31 states last i checked and i mean this stuff's changing every day mm-hmm. where um it's a mandatory 14-day quarantine if you come back to new york from okay. the states okay yeah. yeah yeah i mean uh but when when things do start to come back kind of Will there be sort of any major difference? You think there's a permanent effect on the city from from this time, or or do you kind of hope that it'll it'll all kind of recover and get back to usual, or is it just completely unknown? I have a hunch that the outdoor um, emphasis that's going on right now, for example, mm. with restaurants taking over seating, um, restaurants are taking over parking spaces. And they've opened up these amazing like outdoor terraces. I'm getting a lot of pictures from my friends and it makes me very jealous. But I think that things like that might kind of be a holdover to post-corona days where people kind of see, oh, this is a very European and nice addition to our summers. Like maybe even when things are back to normal and we've, we have a vaccine or, you know, things are just feeling a little bit more normal, we can kind of hold on to those nice additions and, you know, embracing, I don't want to say nature because it's New York City, but embracing yeah. <laughs> the great outdoors. And I yeah. hope that things like that will kind of be a legacy that will yeah. maintain. And sort of then, you know, kind of that sort of positive outlook. Have there been any sort of big news stories or sort of coronavirus heroes who've kind of come out of the woodwork over the past few months in New York? So I do remember, oh man, I wish I had his name top of mind. One story that stuck with me was um, a doctor who came out of retirement to actually treat people oh. um, during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and he actually passed away from COVID-19. Oh, I don't know gosh. if you guys heard of that story. Oh. And I, I wish I wish I had the name to mind to attach to it. But I mean, there, there, been, there were stories like that, doctors coming back and people coming from other parts of the country to come help everyone really just banding together. Yeah. Um, and I guess not sort of a bittersweet type of story, but I mean, there, there's been a whole wave of protests for social justice in the country. Um, okay. And I feel like a lack of distractions have yes. forced people to kind of reckon with that. Yeah. Um, so I think this has also kind of made that a bit stronger and hopefully that's a holdover going forward. People don't lose that um, yeah. stream of action. Yeah. You're right. Kind of people sort of finally stopping and listening and learning, then giving Black Lives Matter real momentum as you said, bittersweet, I suppose, is, is a good word to use from that from that respect. Yeah. I will say that I think that this is just making people think so much about the future and how excited people are for a future that looks a little bit more normal. And I think we're not going to take for granted mm. the little things and, and the big things like traveling and going out to restaurants and, you know, having a cozy glass of wine with friends. I think before when we might have been a little bit busy because New York is obviously such a hectic, ever-changing 
kind of stressful place to be sometimes, it's really easy to say, oh, no, I'm too busy. I have too much work. And I think going forward, everyone just has so much pent up excitement about just going out and doing everything and trying so many new things. But I think that there will be this really exciting sense of renewal and rejuvenation once things kind of go back to quote unquote normal. Yeah. Um, Do you you have like a place, Lauren, that I mean, obviously you've been away from the city for four months now. Um, but when, you know, they first opened up pubs here, I can like, you know, I went down to one of my favorite pubs and had a pint and, uh, and it was amazing. It was like, a, it was like a really, it was a bittersweet feeling almost like, cause it was sort of strange that I hadn't been there for so, so many months, but do you have like a place that you're dreaming about? Well, there's this Thai restaurant right next to my house. I, those noodles are just yeah. unreal. I have actually had dreams about those noodles and I think that all I want to do is go sit in that restaurant have a lychee martini eat the noodles with oh just everything I can't I'm getting so excited just talking about it but yeah going it sounds great <laughs> how about you Kweku is there something that you kind of you were sort of fantasizing about um getting some of those some of those food Items like in a restaurant would be great. Uber Eats is no, it's not the same. Okay. Mm, but um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think really, uh, and I mean, it, it, it's it sounds like animalistic and brutish. I just want to party. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. It's all pent up. But, Quick, but in your in your flat or out? Where do you want to party? What's the what's the setting? Paint us a picture. Oh, de- de- definitely out. I want to be out of this place. But I, I really feel like that. I'm probably we're probably like over a year from that. Even when things open back up, yeah. I don't think that's. Yeah. Even, I, I just got to give up on that one. You want some, some live music, some nice drinks, yeah. your mates around you. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's so funny that you're saying this because at the start of the pandemic, when I was just going so stir crazy, and I was like this can't keep going. You know, this, there has to be an end point. I can't be with my parents for this many weeks on end. Mm-hmm. And I had this moment, this kind of breaking point where all I wanted to do was go to a club and just like have blasting music and <laughs> drinking just amazing cocktails and just being in a crush of people, which was of course the antithesis of everything that we could do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even normally that much of a club goer, but I totally agree with you. I've had this insane urge to just go out dancing, be with all of my friends and like be with people and just kind of like feel the music and be able to just Mm -hmm. be free kind of. So yeah, we had the same Mm -hmm. exact thought. (laughs) Like, let's go party. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda-approved weight loss medications like wigovi and zepbound for those who qualify 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So now we're going to look at what next for New York City. So what, what after coronavirus or COVID? Um, and as a kind of open question to start us off, and we touched on this a little bit before, but what are your hopes for New York City after coronavirus? Um, so I guess, I guess right now, um, before I even think too far into the future, I just hope that um, we're, I guess, following scientific research and opening things back up in a way that we don't regress. Yeah. Um, so that we can get to the future. I think that's really the, mm-hmm. the first thing to think about, right? Yeah. So hopefully not packing the bars too much too soon, not having just too many big gatherings yeah. before we can. Yeah. yeah. So not just returning to normal, doing it in a safe, considered and, and you know, the, like a long plan almost rather than the short game. Exactly. Because I, I feel like if we don't do that, then there's never going to be normal. So we got to, yeah. you know, yeah. just hold our breath for a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, Lauren, how about you? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm really excited to physically get back there and as I said kind of take advantage of the some of the outdoor dining but like Kwiku I'm a little bit of a germaphobe so right now I think I'm gonna be taking it slow but I think right now the focus should and can be aside obviously from the health factor um, is local businesses and how much they're hurting and you know I just think of all of my amazing mm. as I said restaurants and just the little boutiques and thrift stores and bars there's just there's such an intense culture of local businesses that it's what, it's what makes new york special it's these little tiny shops that yeah. you stumble upon and then they become your places and and they're run by you know individual shop owners a lot of the time so it's a little bit scary to me that yeah. there's not a lot of um you know there's not a lot of policy in place to help them right now but i think that or i hope mm, yeah. that we're all aware of that and, you know, trying to support them in as many ways that we can. I don't, I don't know. I know that's not a very good answer, but I just, I think about the shop owners all the time and just, you know, keeping that culture alive. But do you think that amongst New Yorkers, there is kind of like a new move to, to purposefully shop more at local businesses and dine more at those local small restaurants? Do you think that New York has a real sense of community? They want to do that to then kind of, keep those businesses running yeah I think definitely there is a sense of beyond just going to a restaurant because it's good it's kind of like I don't want to say our civic duty to support small businesses (laughs) but in a way it is because if we don't support these small businesses big chains are going to be the only thing that's left and that's that's really you can find a big food chain or fast food chain in literally every city around the world and that's not what makes New York special um, but they were, these businesses were already struggling a lot of the times before Corona, which is the mm-hmm. scariest thing that, that, you know, running a restaurant, for example, is so difficult in New York. And I think stories are coming out more and more now about how hard it is to pay your staff and to turn a yeah. profit and then being out of business for at least a month, maybe two months. If you're not allowed to do takeout, you're still or if you don't have the capacity to do takeout, you're still out of business. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know, the ramifications are very scary in a way i know that yeah. wasn't wasn't an uplifting response but <laughs> <laughs> it's not no, the no, most no. uplifting time it's, <laughs> it's, it's 
realistic. <laughs> but I think, I think, um, uh, you know, you talk about that kind of pride that New Yorkers have in in the city, and a lot of that is built from kind of, you know, the independent enterprise that that kind of underpins a lot of New York, right? Like, you know, you've got, uh, you know, going to get into Times Square again. <laughs> like, Times Square is like mass sort of consumerism, but actually, you go anywhere else, and you get like the kind of smallest little places, and the and and kind of lots of like kind of individual um, sort of bars and restaurants and uh, and and bookshops and everything that have kind of you know, being people's dreams to create. And, you know, it's it's such a shame if, if that goes to waste, really. Um, yeah, I think you touched on it really nicely. So, um, and I'm guessing not, but we're asking this to everyone. Um, so do you guys have any travel plans yourself? Apart from, obviously, Lauren actually going back to the city. <laughs> I know, that's my big 2020 travel plan. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> How long does it actually take you to get into the city? And will you be like taking the subway? I would, yeah, or, I would have to uh, take the train to the subway. It would probably take me three-ish hours, three and a half. Whoa, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's like crossing most of Britain. It's, yeah, that's like, yeah, that's like southeast <laughs> that's to southwest quite a, that's quite England. A <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, okay, that is traveling. But have you have you guys got any plans to travel like kind of in interstate or well in state or kind of domestically? Um or Quakey, are you planning to try and go back to Canada when you can? Yeah, so um <laughs> um as those uh fares started dropping down, I'm I'm, I'm a bit of a gambler sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. so I, I I saw a few deals that were too good to pass up and I also saw some policies that allowed us to get like one free change. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I did book a flight to Tanzania next March. Uh, I got oh, for 500 bucks. Whoa. I couldn't, I couldn't say no to that. That's yeah. so cool. Tanzania. That's, so I'm, that's awesome. Yeah. And they are also doing an awful job with, uh, well, I won't talk about how they're handling coronavirus and how I disagree <laughs> with it, but, um, <laughs> um and then I, I bought a few other tickets as well. Um, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to change most of them, but, okay. um, in a window of like two years or so, I, I just thought for those prices, I might as well try and plot that out. And if you can get a change as well, it's it, there's mm-hmm. a certain insurance policy there, right? Exactly, yeah. So where else is on your list, Queeky? Um, so I also have Australia. I Ooh. had that one for Ooh. September, but that's clearly not happening. I no. mean, nobody wants us. We we can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So. So it's probably like Australia winter 2021, yeah. like December 2021 for me. Um, yeah. And um, I had um, I had plans to go back to Ghana as well as my family's from. Okay. Um, so when do you think that will be? Of, when do you think you'll be able to go back to Ghana? Um, it's it's just so hard to tell yeah, with everything yeah, these days. Um, like I, I know I want to say December because that's when I plan for it. Yeah. So in my mind, this like brutish optimism is just saying December, December, December. Yeah. But I mean. Have to wait and see. There's no science to me saying that. Yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> that's still that I mean, that's quite a lot of journeys to be looking forward to. That's quite a lot to yeah. kind of hold on to and kind of keep Yeah, yeah it's like Yeah. And longer than Lauren's three three hour commute from <laughs> upstate to, <laughs> to New York City. Just like <laughs> you're supposed to be going to Columbia, Lauren. Oh. Yeah, I was supposed to be going to Colombia in, I had a lot of travel plans. I had Colombia lined up. I was probably going to go to Iceland, um, St. Louis for a college reunion. I was thinking of um, trying to go somewhere else in Central America in the summer. So I have this newfound habit during lockdown where 
I have been trolling Airbnb like no other. And I basically build out this alternative life for me of like, okay, well, if I move to Buenos Aires for three months in December, what will my life look like? Where will I live? And it (laughs) is amazing, but it's also really horrible because then I kind of come out of this weird travel trance that I'm in. I'm like, well, I'm actually not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) but hoping that all of that can happen like Kwiku said in 2021 so I do think things are going to get back to some semblance of normal at some point in the next year so that's when all of our our fun travel plans will have to happen yeah and uh I guess finally you're both working well in fact all three of you are working on the like a local series um how are you finding that it's incredibly exciting. We've currently got six titles in the works and New York City is one of them. Um, for me, I've loved, I love commissioning. I love one of my favourite things about my job is working with authors. Um, so, and I know I'm not just saying that because two of them are on this call, but <laughs> genuinely I love, I love commissioning. <laughs> I love working with writers. I love kind of, you know, um, doing their copy and and getting them excited and kind of having those conversations with them. So for me to kind of be talking to people across the world about different cities and hearing how they're doing and, and, and how those cities are coping it is really exciting. And I suppose for me, it's also nice because it is all about that lo- those local businesses that, that um, these guys were currently touching on. So it's really nice to kind of be encouraging people to think about how they're interacting in those cities, different ways to experience it, not heading to those busy tourist traps but to think about alternative ways to see a city that might be more environmentally friendly or COVID friendly and also to then be, you know, shopping or dining at those smaller businesses. So I'm really enjoying it because I feel like we're doing quite an exciting thing in quite uncertain times. And we've got some brilliant talents who are, who are working on that. Amazing. But then two of my writers are on the line. So I'll cover my ears while they tell you, James, honestly, how <laughs> they're finding working on the series. <laughs> Yes. How, how, how have you guys found it? I mean, uh, Kwiku, is this the first book you've ever written for? Yeah. So, so for me, it's the first book. Um, and the experience so far has been great. Uh, needed like a lot of guidance from Lucy on it, but I've gotten a lot of help in getting everything together and organized for how I'm trying to um, write certain things. Um, and I, I'd say uh, it's been great to kind of revisit um, mm. places in my mind that I used to go to before mm. we were locked down. Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, just kind of um, hoping that these places I'm listing are still sure. going to be in, in, in a good condition and everything afterwards. But um, yeah, yeah, as things start to open back up, maybe going back out, reconnecting with them, making sure that, um, uh, well, updating, I guess, how they're operating, making sure that they're still in operation. I'm looking forward to doing that. So getting back out into the city and going back through all the recommendations I'm giving. Yeah, we, we are do We are building in time to kind of go back and check across all the cities. All the authors have said... Can I just check? I'm really worried that places are closing and we are very, very aware of that. So we will kind of be be checking up on that. But no, Kweeka, your copy is wonderful. You've got such a lovely turn of phrase about you. So it's a joy to to talk to you about your copy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Lauren, I guess you're kind of probably because you've been away from the city for so long, you're actually building up in your head all of your recommendations and, you know, that kind of mental visitation must have been pretty fun, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I just submitted to Lucy actually this weekend, the first um, couple chapters, um, which were food and drink. So obviously, that was a bit 
torturous to write because I wanted to visit yes. every single place. I would just be, you know, looking at pictures on their websites and I would just be rem- remembering, oh, wow, this noodle dish, as I said before, is just so good. I want it right now. And I'd look at this coffee shop and I'd say, oh, I miss their amazing lattes. They're just so frothy. And I would perhaps kill someone right now to get one of these <laughs> this moment. So it was a, it was a little yeah. bit um, yeah. it was a little bit of like a forbidden love situation um, going through it, but it, it's been really really fun at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Lauren um, Lauren uh, kicked off kicked off New York City, so she kind of submitted the the first draft of the outline. And I have to say, because then I, as as we sort of touched on earlier, I did I did see Lauren in New York a couple of few months ago, and then I was like, damn, all these places that I'd missed going through the outline. Like, oh, I wanted to go here, I wanted to go there. Like, why didn't I go to that place? Definitely so next, next time, time, next time. And I guess the the idea of the series is to kind of you know flip a traditional guide on its head in a way, in yeah. terms of it's not necessarily about your checklist of all of the stuff that you have to do. Um, you know to be a proper tourist or something like that instead it's kind of everything that normal people do that exactly and and I think the beautiful thing about the series is that then it can be people rediscovering their own city so for example another city is London and you know whilst I've been commissioning London in lockdown in my East London flat I've had massive wanderlust for my own city and I've been learning about all these corners and all these new places all these new neighborhoods I haven't yet been to so these aren't just guides for people looking to jump on a flight they're also books for locals to rediscover their cities and find new corners sort of explode a city in a way yes give it, yeah, know, re- yeah reassess it yeah because i've been to new york uh, about six or seven times my fact i used to have like family who lived over there and i'm so excited to read these recommendations i mean one of the best things about going to new york as a brit is everyone you talk to always has like a long list of recommendations so Lauren gave me her list when I went over there but actually over here as well like you talk to some friends and every everyone has like their favorite places to go to and actually seeing that codified in a book will be super yeah. super exciting yeah. um yeah and kind of I think this might have been in you know your initial description of the book Lucy, but what I've been thinking of as I went through first doing the outline and then now writing the actual copy I'm thinking, okay, my cool, really good friend that I love so much, she's coming to New York and I want to show her the best weekend possible. What would be on my hit list? What kinds of stuff does she, if she's a shopper, where do I need to take her? If she loves cozy little restaurants, where are the best places I would want to take her? It's not, you know, you're not writing for any preconceived notion of what New York is you're writing about your favorite places for your favorite people basically and I think the whole series is all about kind of treating readers like a friend and take putting their your arm around them and saying like here's my version of New York or here's my version of of London. Kweeku how how hard has it been to sort of pare down your list in a way you know if you're kind of thinking about everywhere that you live (laughs) in the city like Have you been curating? Have you been chopping and changing and, and going, actually, no, this place is better than that place? And Yeah, definitely. And, and there, there are even a few places uh, where after Lucy reviewed them, I went back and I was like, actually, I think I, I, think I like this one a little bit more. <laughs> so that's even still kind of been a, a work in progress. Um, and, and I, I got to say, one thing I do really like about the um, topics you guys have chosen to focus on, um, a lot of times when people come to New York, they're not thinking about the things to do outdoors. And there's been a, a pretty good focus on that. Yeah. Um, so I've also liked thinking about all the things I've done outdoors, all the things I want to do here outdoors and, and things that aren't even necessarily within the city limit, but are still yes. attainable for people coming to visit. 
Yes. Um, I think that's a, an angle I'm, I'm excited to approach as well. Oh, I'm really glad. And that's something that we feel kind of, you know, it, it, particularly post-coronavirus is, is important that we kind of encourage people to get outdoors. And then you can properly see a city. That's how you're often going to kind of really soaking up the atmosphere of the streets is being on the streets. So it's, yeah, I'm just really, I'm two fantastic authors and I'm really excited. I've said to you both on a call already, I'm really excited about New York. You're both brilliant and it's going to be <laughs> It's going to be great, guys. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. That's such a nice little ego. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um, obviously, uh, that like a local New York is uh, is slated to come out in, in April next year. Yes, um, yes. And fingers crossed for the everything for the future with New York. But um, but yeah, thanks so much for joining us today, guys. Um, it's been so insightful listening to you guys talk about New York. I mean, both uh, kind of you know, hearing some of the hard times that you guys have been through recently, but also, you know, there's lots of positives there. There's lots of uh, hope for the future. And I really am looking forward to that uh, that club date next year. Uh, that's going to be fun. So, <laughs> I'm going to uh, write so. out formal invitations. You are formally invited to the club dance party in New York City post-coronavirus. Awesome. We are your finest. <laughs> Get excited. Oh what do I wear? I've got a whole year to think about that. Um, but it's going to haunt you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but fa- thanks so much again, guys. And um, yeah, really hoping kind of everything goes well there in the next couple of months. And um, and yeah, really excited to see the book come out as well. It's going to be great. Uh, so thanks again. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for having us on. To get closer to New York City yourself, our DKR Witness New York City Guide is now available. Whether you want to visit the iconic Empire State Building, take a leisurely stroll through Central Park, or sample the sublime cocktails in East Village, your DKR Witness Travel Guide makes sure you experience all that New York City has to offer. Find it in all good retailers or on Amazon via the link in our episode description. And once again, a massive thank you to Lauren and Pete for being brilliant guests and brilliant writers. Absolutely. Uh, that was that was really, really enjoyable. Thanks so much, guys. Um, so where are we going to next, Lucy? So next time on the podcast, we will be going to Scotland. Ah, pretty different. <laughs> yeah, pretty different, but a little bit closer to home for you and me. Yes, yes, that's um, true. Well, I'll look very much forward to it. And then until then, uh, thanks very much for listening. And see you next time, guys. Today was produced by the team at DKI Witness and presented by James Atkinson and Lucy Richards. For more information about DKI Witness, follow us on social media at DKI Witness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.